Welcome to the Every Day is Saturday podcast. The number one motivation show on the planet. No more Mondays for you. It's time to make every day Saturday. This is the podcast where we help you to accept who you are, not where you are. On the roller coaster of life, you know we only sit in the front seat champion. So make sure you are fastened in. Let's go. Tired of feeling run down all the time during the week? We can help you make every day feel like it's a Saturday. Let's go pack your bags. It's time to leave Averageville. Introducing the man who thinks abnormal stands for above normal. When you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn, baby. We are fired up. The host of the Every Day is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. Welcome back, champion. We have a best of podcast with my man, Bob Proctor. This was the first time Bob came on the show nine years ago, back in 2011. And uh, a couple things you need to know before we dive into this one. It's a little, you know, sounds like I'm talking sometimes into a tin can. That's because we were on a teleconference line. And this was back in the day. You can see how the shows evolved. You know, I used to, when I did interviews, I did them on a teleconference line. And I mean, it was it wasn't the best audio in the world. Bob sounds fine. Bob sounds fine. I'm sometimes feeling like or sounding like I'm talking into a tin can. Plus, I was extremely nervous uh, leading up to this interview. I remember, I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to screw it up. But Bob makes it really easy to have a conversation. And. Uh, I share these archive best of podcasts to let you know, you know, you can do the exact same thing. I want to show you, you know, this was never, uh, you know, the podcast was never designed to be this professional studio, you know, look at how great I am type of podcast. It's always to develop, uh, deliver value to you, to inspire you to actually do this on your own. And of course, remember, when you want me to do all of this for you and launch your message, go to launchmymovement.com and I'll do it all for you. Launch your podcast within 24 hours. Here you go. It's the best of archive with my man, Bob Proctor. I think it would be appropriate, even though everybody already knows Bob Proctor, at least within the Everyday Saturday community, to give Bob at least somewhat of a formal introduction for 40 years. Over 40 years, Bob has focused his entire agenda around helping people create lives of prosperity, relationships, spiritual awareness. Bob knows how to help you because he comes from a life of want and limitation. In 1960, he was a high school dropout with a resume of dead-end jobs and a future clouded in debt. One book placed in his hands, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, which planted the seed of hope in Bob's mind in just months. And with further support from the works of Earl Nightingale, Bob's life literally spun on a dime, and I really want to find this one out as well. In a year, he went from franking more than hundred grand to soon topping the $1 million mark. Bob, I know that you are filled with years and years of wisdom. Unfortunately, we don't have years and years to get that out of you this evening, <laughs> but we'll do the best we can. On well, behalf of everybody, for over... <laughs> For over six years, the Everyday Saturday community, we have uh, we've had a who's who of uh, personal development experts. I got to say, it's a true honor to have you on the call tonight, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here, Sam. You know, we want to talk about your upcoming launch, your relaunch of Six Minutes to Success, and we've we've been watching, we've been sending the videos out all to our database, and we we want all the the listeners around the world to really understand some of the concepts that you're teaching and. You know, in the first video, I'm going to get right to it because you talk a lot about the word paradigm, and you mentioned that there's three major problems that most people have, and it's money, it's weight, and it's relationships, and it's the same cause for all of those, and it is a paradigm. So that's a word I first heard when I was in corporate back about 10 or 15 years ago, but didn't really know what it meant until you explained it. I think you do a phenomenal job. Can you talk about that, Bob? Yeah, well... <laughs> Paradigm is a, I guess, a relatively new word. Um, it's it's the conditioning in the subconscious mind. We're conditioned genetically. That's why we look like our relatives. That that's right from the moment of conception. If you stop and think of where we came from, you know, a little particle of energy from mom, little particles from energy from dad, came together and that formed the nucleus of us. Now, what we have to realize is all mom's DNA or all her habit patterns are locked up in that one particle and all dad's in the other, and that formed the nucleus of you. Well, then 280 days later, when you made your debut on the planet, you're surrounded by people and conditions and circumstance and things, and you're conditioned again. 
and you're conditioned to speak the language you speak, eat the food you eat, wear the clothes you wear. The culture is nothing but group habit, and that in itself is a paradigm. A paradigm is a multitude of habits that are fixed in our subconscious mind. So we're conditioned genetically and environmentally. And for a person to break out of that, it's um, it's pretty unusual. Now, it's more common today than it used to be because there's more education along this in the, you know, along this line than there used to be. But we're not taught this in school. And so people stay stuck. And it controls their income. It controls their relationships. It controls everything in their life. And they're really not aware of what the heck is going on. And uh, so the odds of changing it are very slim. Now, what happened, I changed mine way back. I was 26 years old. And my life changed so dramatically that I had to find out what the heck happened, and which is the result of the work that I do. And I've been doing it now for 43 years. But I've been studying it for 50. And like prior to studying any of this or this happening to me, I couldn't hold a job. I never had any formal education. I had a couple of months high school. I had no business experience. And all of a sudden, everything started happening. And I probably, much like yourself or anybody on the line, I was raised to believe if you're going to earn a lot of money, you've got to be really smart. Well, I was earning a lot of money, and I knew I wasn't very smart. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and so I had to start questioning this. You know, I was raised if you if you're going to have any kind of a, a commercial career, you've got a good formal education. I had none. I had two months high school. Yet I had a business that was operating in Canada, the U.S., and in England. And so, the things in my life changed so dramatically that I wasn't satisfied with the fact they changed. I wanted to know why. And what I have found out over the past 43 years is very few people really understand this it's so simple but it's so misunderstood like i've gone into some of the largest companies in the world uh one of the first ones that i started in was the prudential in uh, of america and i started in their number one territory in chicago the mid-america territory that was the number one territory in the number one insurance company in the world we had their sales going crazy we raised their sales by hundreds of millions of dollars just showing people how if they just shifted this paradigm a little bit, how their life could change. They didn't know why their top people were top people. Now, this is the largest insurance company in the world. They spend millions on training every year, but they didn't right. understand this. So it's um, it's fascinating work, and it's something that it never ceases to fascinate me. The more I study it, the more fascinated I become with it. Is it true, Bob, that in Chicago when you were working with Prudential that you had a pretty outrageous suggestion? And I, I don't know, some of these stories become lore after a while, so I always try to get it straight from the horse's mouth. I, this is an awesome story, but during your first seminar, you made the suggestion that any agent in Prudential could write $5 million in business that year if they just made a decision to do so. And then, Yeah, yeah, and it, that that is a, is a true story, and it's sort of a cute one in a way in a number of different ways. There was about 450 of their district agents in a room. Now, I was working in a number of different areas. This was the first seminar. We worked with thousands. Well, we worked with all their people eventually. And I suggested that, and this guy came up to me at the break. His name's Don Sloven. This is all written up in a Prudential magazine. And he said, have you ever sold insurance, Proctor? And I said, no, I never have. He said, I didn't think so. And I said, why would you say that? He says, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute. I said, I do know what I'm talking about. I just said I've never sold insurance. He said, you know the company's going to be 100 years old next year. We've never had anyone write $5 million a year. Well, then he said, you could be the first. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, listen, you already know how to write the $5 million. That's not your problem. I'm not talking about insurance. I don't know anything about insurance, but I know a lot about you. And if you go back there and there and listen, you could be the first to do the five million. And Don Sloven was the first district agent to do five million. But we had a whole bunch of people following him. And the only thing I had them do now keep in mind, a paradigm is a multitude of habits in your subconscious mind. So if I followed Sam around, just follow you around every day when you get out of bed, 
I would only have to follow you around for a little bit, short period of time, and I could tell you what you're going to do all day because it's habitual behavior. Now, yeah. yours are obviously giving you very good results. But the guy next door, maybe he's not doing so well. It's a habit pattern. So I told these guys, I said, listen, I started to study what they did. They all went into the office every morning. They'd get there around 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8.30, and they'd have a sales meeting at 9. Then they'd get together after the sales meeting. They may go for a cup of coffee. They'd go back to their office do a little work, and then they'd go out and have lunch with one of the other agents. And I said, you guys are unemployed until the afternoon. Because <laughs> I said, if you're not in front of a prospect and you're on commission, you're unemployed. And I said, what, what are you coming in the office for and have sales meetings for? You're not going to sell anybody in there. So I got them to be in front of a prospect by 9 a.m. and ask everyone to purchase $100,000 worth of insurance. And I said, you don't have to sell them. You just have to ask them to buy. Well, they had so many $100,000 policies sold that they were sending people out of New Jersey to find out what we were doing. They couldn't believe wow. what was happening. And all I did was get them to go to work. I was showing them how to break habit patterns, how to change paradigms. And anyone on the phone, if they stop and they analyze what they do when they get out of bed, there's a routine. And we follow that routine. Well, we've got to understand that there's a paradigm. There's a, there's a, a control panel in our subconscious mind, and it controls the temperature of our life just the same as the thermostat in the house controls the temperature of the house. Operates exactly the same way, under exactly the same principle. But hardly anybody understands this. We should teach this to kids in school. I've used this as kids in school, and I've watched their grades go from C and D to an A and B almost overnight. I've gone into uh, prisons with this. I went in. I, I used to go into the maximum security in Canada once a month for about five years. I watched people who they were ready to throw away the key, come out and live real good lives. In fact, I hired one. Um, I heard a number of them, wow. but the one turned out to be the best guy that, uh, that I had in my company. It's changing our habitual behavior. Now, the more we understand about the mind, the easier it is. But most people don't, never really study much about the mind. They read a book on it, you know, and they think they know it. Well, they really don't. So that's what six minutes is about. That's really what it's about. Yeah, and we and we have the we have the URL. We're going to refer to it a lot tonight. The videos. If you haven't tapped into them, it's six minute lessons. S I X minute lessons. Dot com. And uh, the videos we're going to be referencing tonight are they're really really powerful. That's how I know Bob's habit. He never dries his hair before he shaves in the morning. Am I, do I have that right, Bob? <laughs> You've listened to a lot. Of, <laughs> you've done some research here. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, so I gotta come. I gotta come. I gotta come clean. When I, I was bankrupt in 2005, and uh -huh. I was a Fortune, I was a Fortune 100 executive running a 95 million dollar organization, and I went for my uh -huh. dream because my daughter asked, "Daddy, is tomorrow Saturday?" And you know, coming from a family, broken family, my dad left my mom to raise eight kids by herself, so I was three months old at the time, and so being a father was very powerful. So. I said, Madeline, you know, that was her name, three, it still is her name, but that was when she was three and a half years old. And I said, tomorrow isn't Saturday, but I'll make sure someday soon every day is Saturday for you and me because I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life being around you, you know. So I went for my dream and I bought a business that was existing. Long story short, it didn't work out. I lost everything, every dollar I had, and I went bankrupt, filed a Chapter 13, and had to go back to work working for the people that I used to report to me. They wouldn't give me my old job back. So... The reason I know this about you and the other history, it's not really a lot of research. I'd love to say that I've been sitting here taking notes. I've been listening to all your material because if your name wasn't Proctor, Robbins, Roan, or Ziegler, you weren't allowed in my car when I was driving to work every day. <laughs> and I surrounded myself with experts because I was. I mean, I came from – and I, look, I'm not boo-hooing. I'm not going to end up on Dr. Phil's couch anytime soon. What I'm saying, though, is I get the whole paradigm and I get the whole 3% club. And I understand that if you're second, third, fourth generation welfare, the likelihood of you remaining on welfare is pretty high. Wouldn't you agree, Bob? Oh, no question about it. Absolutely no question about it. Because you're surrounded by people that are thinking that way and living that way. We're really yeah. a product of our environment. Um, uh, Dr. Mayo pointed out, he said, if the mind will make the body sick, the mind will make the body well. Well, if the mind is keeping us in a, in a welfare area, the mind will take us out of it. 
And so that's what we're doing. We're helping people get out of their welfare. Now, some people may be earning $100,000 a year, but they're stuck in a welfare area in that area. They could be up to a quarter of a million a year. I think if you earn a hundred, you can earn a million. But people yeah. do. We have a tendency to gravitate towards people that are like ourselves. And so you hear people saying the same thing. I have a little grandson who runs, a, drives a one of these go karts, and they're the darn things go sixty or seventy miles an hour. You know, they move pretty fast. Well, yesterday he went to Mossport. This was a big place in Canada. And there was um, 13 cars in the race. He was number 13. Now, he came from a little track where he used to be number one all the time. And I was talking to him today. I said, you know something? You made a good move. That's the best thing you could do. you got to get in with people that are a lot better than yourself. You're going to get better. And he said, that's what my dad said. <laughs> that's what we've got to do. We've got to mix. Like you were saying, that's all you listen to in your car. Well, that's how I yeah. changed. I drove around listening to Earl Nightingale's Strangest Secret Record on, with a battery-operated record player. In fact, the record player is down at the Nightingale home, uh, Conant head office. But I would play that record all day, every day. That's all I was listening to. Now, there wasn't any, you know, that was the only record around at the time. And I literally reprogrammed my mind. And that's the way it works. But what action were you able to take, Bob? Because a lot of people say, oh, come on. I mean, you just can't get motivated and listen to stuff. I mean, I'm I'm broke, Bob. I don't have any money. How's listening to a CD or an old well, you know, player going to help? I understand, and that's, that's, a, that's a common comment. When I picked up Think and Grow Rich, I was earning $4,000 a year, and I owed six. I mean, I was as broke as they come. Nobody would lend me money because even I knew I wouldn't pay them back. It's not that I didn't want to. I just never had enough money to pay anybody back. And I read Think and Grow Rich, and the guy that gave it to me, Ray Stanford, he said, if you do exactly what he's saying, and he said, and I'll help you, I'll guide you, your whole life will change. Well, of course, I didn't believe that, but I did believe that he believed it. And so I, and like he said to me, he said, listen, you've got nothing to lose, you've got everything to win. He said, you're not going anywhere where you are. And so... I wrote on a card that I was going to have $25,000. Now, I gave myself a decade to do it. I really didn't believe it would happen. But he says, keep reading the card. Well, you know, if you write a lie on a piece of paper and you read it often enough, you're going to start to believe it. Repetition will change beliefs. Right. And so I started reading that, and I started to think of earning money. Now, prior to that, all I thought of is debt. If a person's goal is to get out of debt, they'll probably stay in debt forever because you become what you think about all, that's one point all the great leaders have agreed on. Well, I started to listen to this, and I started to think of earning money. Well, when I started to think about it, I started to hear people talk about it. Now, they were probably talking about it before, but I was so deep in debt and so locked into that, I didn't hear them. Yeah. So I heard somebody say, there's good money cleaning floors. I said, I'm not proud. I'll clean floors. And I got talking to this guy. His name was Al Phillips. Now, I don't think I've seen him since then, but I never forgot him. He, he said... Um, if you're going to clean floors, clean them for yourself. Don't clean them for somebody else because you won't make any money. So I thought, well, okay. Um, so I had to get a used floor machine and some buckets and mops. It was going to cost me $982. I do remember that. And uh, I, I didn't have any money. But I started asking people for money. I asked everybody under the sun. Finally, I got the 1000 bucks and I got the bucket and mops. I got one office to clean. I was cleaning Canada starch on Comstock Road in Toronto. I got $15 a time for washing the floor, and I washed it twice a month. Then I got another one at 65 a month. Now I'm up to $95. Now that's a pretty big raise if you're only earning 400 a month. Well, you know, it wasn't too long until I was earning a few thousand dollars a month. And something significant happened, Sam, that really changed the course of my life. And you talked about the 3% club, but that's where this came from. I passed out on the street. I thought the answer was get another office to clean. I passed out from exhaustion. In Napoleon Hill's book, he said, um, if you're one of those people who believe that hard work and honesty alone will bring riches, he said, perish the thought, it's not true. Riches come, if they come at all, in response to definite demands based upon the application of definite principles and not by chance or luck. Well, I was thinking... If I just worked a little harder, if I just worked, if I got another office to clean. Well, I worked myself into passing out on the street. And I woke up 
and I looked. There's a cop looking at me. Then I noticed there's a crowd of people around me, and it was a scary situation. There was, And I saw flashing lights, and I saw these two guys in a uniform with a stretcher, and they were going to take me away to a hospital, I guess. I finally, it was scary, but I finally got away from them. I, tried, I convinced them I was okay, and I got away, and, and, and I knew there was, I was doing something wrong. I was in my, I was probably 27, 28, but I thought, I'm not doing this right. And it was like a little voice in my head said, if you can't clean all of them, don't clean any of them. So I got all cleaned up, and I got other people cleaning offices. Do you know, in less than five years, I was cleaning offices in Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Cleveland, Atlanta, and London, England. The wow. secret was having multiple sources of income. But I knew, it took me a while before I realized that. But I wasn't – office cleaning, I was a good cleaner, and I got other people were good at it. But I never really talked to them about cleaning offices – if you were having trouble making a car payment, I said, I'll make the car payment for you. Or if you were having trouble with your mortgage, I'll make the mortgage payment. You'd look at me and say, what are you talking about? I said, listen, give me an hour a night, and I'll give you enough to pay your mortgage. And they'd say, well, what do I have to do? And I said, what difference does it make? If it's honest, it's honorable, what, what do you care? Well, they didn't really care. So I have them meet me, and I would go through an office, and I'd clean it. And I'd say, now, here, you clean this office, clean it five nights a week, and I'll give you that much money. So I was always talking to the cleaners about goals. I would get them listening to Earl Thank Gale's Stranger Secret Record. I was forever motivating the cleaners. I had the most unusual cleaners that you ever saw in the world. I had accountants, bank managers, everybody under the sun. They all wanted to earn some extra money. And wow. that was the secret. And and it got to the point where, you know, the first year I went to 175000 and it took over a million. It's... Um, <laughs> That's great. I don't think it's what we do. I think it's how we do it. Like in the science of getting rich, Wallace, Wallace Waddle said, you don't get rich by doing certain things. You get rich by doing things in a certain way. So it all comes back into our mind, and it all comes back into this conditioning. You see, I believe our spiritual DNA is perfect. It requires no modification, no improvement. There's perfection within you and everyone that can hear my voice. Now, what we have to do is learn how to free that genius that's within us up and let it shine through us. Because there's something within us that wants to express itself in a greater way, and it's our creative essence. It's the spiritual essence of who we are. And when we open up and start to let that out, that's why we want things. Want is, is it, and, and dissatisfaction is a creative state. It's not a bad thing until you let this thing start to own you. But we always want to be doing better than we're doing. And of course, I think that's the secret to life. You know, find what you love to do and do it as well as you can every day. Amen. I think that's great advice. And you know, in one of the videos that you had mentioned coming up to the six minutes, again we're talking about we're talking first of all to Bob Proctor, his station identification at Sam Crowley from Everyday at Saturday dot com, talking to the legendary Bob Proctor uh, about a number of different issues as well as his upcoming relaunch of Six Minutes of Success, which we want to talk about. I'm referencing a lot of the videos that Bob has been sharing mm -hmm. over the past few days, which are really powerful. Go to Six Minute Lesson dot com, S I X Six Minute Lesson dot com. If you have yet to view those. Uh, we're going to send that link back out to our database tonight, as well as if you're one of our 100,000 podcast listeners around the world, thank you, number one, for being uh, present every single day and plugging into Bob's message, and also go there as well, because they're just so powerful. When you talked about that, Bob, you talked about 97% of the population, if they don't know what it is that's holding them back, it's highly unlikely you're going to get it asking the person that you're hanging out with, right? So the, how do you how do you all of a sudden distance yourself from these individuals who you know they don't have the answer, but how does somebody that probably doesn't – let me give you probably the most dire uh, extreme. How does somebody on welfare, food stamps, some sort of entitlement, or they, they don't want to be on it, but all they know and all they've ever known is that. How do they start tapping into the information that this 3% of the population has if they don't even know who these people are? Well, you know, it's a, it's a good question, and, and – I, I think if you focus on, on doing better than you're doing, I think you'll attract it. I think you'll start to see signs of it around different places. You may see a headline on a little rag tabloid in a, in a supermarket or something. Pick it up and you'll hear something about this. Like somebody, you're going to hear somebody talking about this six minutes and someone will say, what's that? Somebody else will mention it. 
So I think you do stumble on it. Like, why did I get Think and Grow Rich? I, you know, I was losing, and this guy saw me, and he saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself, and so, you know, he uh, he got me to read the book, and then he started to talk to me about myself. And I think there's a lot of that going on today, Sam. You know, you go back 1960, 61. I mean, this was very rare that you hear this kind of information. There just wasn't much of it around. It's always been around. I mean, you can go back in to the Babylonians and it was there. It's just, it's it's unusual. And the guy that's on welfare, he's got to get away from the other people that are on welfare. He's got to tap in and ask for help. He's got to look to people that know more than he knows. You see, if we just hang out with people that know what we know, we're not going to learn anything. We've got to get with people that know more than we know. Now you say, well, how do you know that? Well, you know it by their results. A person's results are an expression of what's going on in their mind. And if a person's getting great results and you study them, you're going to see there's patterns in their life. That's exactly what Napoleon Hill did in Think and Grow Rich or in The Laws of Achievement. And he was he was inspired to do it by Carnegie. Carnegie said that it was an absolute shame. Rich, uh, Andrew Carnegie was the wealthiest man in the world at the time. But he says it's a shame that people like myself and Ford and Edison and uh, Wanamaker go to their grave with all this knowledge locked up in them. No one had ever really organized this information and communicated it in a way that people like myself would understand. And so he commissioned Hill to do it, and Hill did it. He spent his whole life at it. Well, I've spent my whole life studying Hill's work and Carnegie's work, and then it was passed along to Earl Nightingale. And so I went. I eventually left my business and went to work with Earl. And I think you have to make you have to make sacrifices. You see, when I went to work there, I was earning a few hundred thousand dollars a year. I took a job for eighteen thousand, and I was prepared to pay them to let me work there. Five years later, I was only earning thirty-three. But I got an education over a five-year period working at Nightingale Conant with Lloyd Conant and uh, Earl Nightingale, the owners, working directly with them that the average person would never get, you know. And and then, you know, all the heavy hitters in the industry would come in there to see Earl. I made a point of getting to see them. You know, I'd meet them, talk to them, pick their brain, and uh, I just became fascinated with it. Like I'm sitting right now in my home library uh, Earl said, if you surround your mind with greatness, some of it's going to rub off. So I've got a beautiful library of books here, and uh, there's about 3,000 of them on the shelves, and I've read them all. And I put a table in the middle of it, and this is where I work. Um, and I love it. I just absolutely love it. When I'm home, this is where I work. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm calling I'm calling you right now from Buffalo, New York. It's where my, my wife and our three daughters live. We were just on Lake Erie this weekend for Father's Day. It's beautiful this time of year. I know mm-hmm. you're originally from Toronto, right? So. I, I'm living in Toronto. That's where I live now. Oh, I thought you were out on the West Coast towards Arizona. No, no. My office is in Phoenix. Uh, right. Lanny's in Phoenix, a partner in the business, but I'm in uh, I'm in Toronto. Our CEO, there's a lady that runs our company, Sandra Gallagher. She was a lawyer that took it over. She's the president and CEO. She lives in Malibu. So we're scattered all over the place. The beautiful oh, part okay. about the world today, you can live anywhere and work. Isn't it amazing? I mean, it really is. I mean, we, we launched our business the same thing. I mean, we launched it with a website, and immediately, even our podcast. I mean, like we started getting downloads from Australia. I had to look on the map to see where some of these places were. You know, Singapore, <laughs> and like, wow, that's unbelievable. That's a far cry from Buffalo. Good. You know, so how long have you I been believe, at this now, Sam? Well, I I was a uh, like I said, I was an executive in corporate till 2005, and I quit. I went back after a few months when I went broke, and then I I went for good, and uh, the the spring of 2007, so mm-hmm. a little over four years, I have not uh, cashed a paycheck from corporate, put it that way. <laughs> and Good way to live. We, uh, you know, it really is wild because, again, I really – I had to break a huge paradigm, Bob. I mean, it was pretty wild. Like I said, um, I won't get into all of our, you know, our family challenges, but needless to say – um, it's really, I have to pinch myself sometimes in the fact that I just get to wake up and live life the way I always thought. I never really thought that it shouldn't be lived like this, I guess is my point. When I was in corporate, I would always go to seminars 
and I would always plug into inspirational materials thinking, you know, what's the difference? I mean, if somebody's making a half million dollars and I'm making 50 grand, are they really 10 times smarter than I am? And I didn't really get the impression they were. They, it's not that they're bad people. I just didn't think they were, you know, these guys were splitting atoms and, you know, you know, doing something really crazy that I couldn't do. So I bought real estate with a credit card. It's funny. I got one of those offers in the mail from Discover Card. This was back when they were giving money away, like 2000, 2001, and I got a $20,000 credit card, and I immediately cashed the check they gave me at 0% interest and bought a duplex with it. And uh, 45 units later, that was the start of my real estate investment. And just, I would always do crazy things. I'll tell you what, man, I get looks. I don't have any of the same friends that I had 10 years ago because every one of them thought that I should be committed to an insane asylum. Um, I was had a six-figure corporate job, stock options, company car, and I quit. I just gave it all up because I, I just wanted to be a dad. It, that's kind of hard to explain because it wasn't anything sexy. I wasn't going for any – you know, you're, one of the, the audio programs I listen to a lot is it's not about the money, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the things I remember you saying is it's not seeing is believing. It's believing is seeing, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And – I remember listening to those words. I remember that resonating with me. So when I launched Every Day is Saturday, it just came from the mouth of my daughter, Madeline. Is it Daddy is Tomorrow Saturday? And that's when you said you have to be present. you got to listen because if you're broke and you got a broke mentality, you're never going to be there when opportunity presents itself. And when she said Daddy is Tomorrow Saturday, had I not been listening, I would have never thought, Every day is Saturday, and I didn't even own the domain name. There was a 71-year-old guy named John Mix. If you go to everydayisaturday.com, I tell the story on video, who owned the domain. I didn't even own it, but I started building out this huge business, uh, online virtual empire, you know, personal development. Mm-hmm. I was going to speak all over the world, and I hadn't spoken for $5 in my life. Matter of fact, I'm an ex-stutter, so I couldn't even speak, you know, to get a word out anyway. Nobody would pay me in their right mind. So mm-hmm. I called this guy, John Mix. I said, hey, I built a great business every day is Saturday, every day is Saturday. My daughter wants every day to be Saturday, Daddy. And he, he gave me, he just transferred the domain name because I called him up, and I told him my story, and I shared it with him. And he said, you know what, kid? You got something special there. I'm 71 years old, and I wish I would have taken a shot like you're going to do. It just promised me you're going to do something with that domain name. Because what I bought it for was just to share some old fishing and hunting pictures with my buddies, what I used to do on Saturday now that I'm retired. But you got something special there about being a dad and just promised me you're going to do something with it. And that's kind of how we started everything, you know? That is so cool. See? That is good. Believing was seeing. I didn't own the domain name. I didn't have five cents to rub together. Every one of my friends told me I was an idiot. And um, I guess, I, you know what? I didn't really care, though, because once you go bankrupt and you've lost everything, you, you understand that the sun still comes up the next morning. And if you can still take a breath, man, you got a shot, right? I mean, you, you got a shot. Like you, I started asking everybody, do you believe in me? I do. Will you lend me $1,000? No. Mm-hmm. Well, then you don't believe in me that much. <laughs> Do you believe in me? Yes. Will you lend me 500 Sure. And I just collected some money, bought a website, and just I just got going. I didn't. I guess had I known now, I probably would have been so scared out of my mind, I wouldn't have done any of it. But I didn't know any better back then because my daughter wanted every day to be Saturday. Does that make sense? Well, you know, if you study the lives of the people that really make it happen, I've been doing that now for 50 years, in every case, they change their environment, they change the people they mix with, Either that or they stay with those people. See, when you change your thinking, you start thinking on a different frequency. We think on frequencies, just like radios broadcast on frequencies and we receive on frequencies. We think on frequencies. Thought is energy. It's the most potent form of energy is. Thought waves are cosmic waves that penetrate all time and space. That's why someone on the other side of the world can be thinking. You'll pick up their thoughts. You'll phone them. They'll say, God, I was just thinking of you. You know, well, you picked it up. Well, when we we when we alter our way of thinking, we are attracted then to people that are thinking like us. Like on The Secret, we talked about the law of attraction. What we didn't get into on The Secret was the law of vibration. The law of vibration is what dictates what we attract. The law of attraction is a secondary law. The primary law is the law of vibration. Like the desk that I'm sitting at it's a molecular structure. It's made of what we call wood, and we call it wood because of the speed the energy is vibrating at. I've got a plastic pen in front of me. You'd call it plastic because of the speed it vibrates at. Well, your body is a molecular structure, and it's in a high speed of vibration. Our brain is an electronic switching station. 
as we alter our thinking, what we're doing is we're moving different cells in our brain and we're changing the vibration we're in. So as we start, I started to think of earning money. I started to hear people talk about it. I was attracted to them. I never see the people that I used to mix with. I don't think I'm any better than them. I'm probably more interesting than them because they were pretty boring. I know I was pretty boring, and I hung out with them all the time. And, you know, so you 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 get moving in a new direction. You're with more interesting people. You're into ideas, and ideas change your life. And what I've been doing, uh, and what Six Minutes got involved with, is I have been putting together series of programs that show people how to alter the vibration they're in. How do you alter that paradigm? Because when you change the paradigm, everything in your outside world changes. Like mine went from 4,000 to 175 in a year, and then it went over a million. Now, it took me nine years to figure out what I had done. And the crazy part about it, you'd say, well, why did it take you nine years? Because I couldn't find anybody that could explain it. Everyone was more astounded than I was that this was happening. But we take and we show kids in school how to do this. We'll show, like, have you any idea the number of people that are in corporate jobs like you are in that hate it? They don't like their they, they don't like who they're working for. They don't like who they're working with. They don't like what they're doing. And yet they'll sit in traffic every day for an hour to get there, and then every day for an hour coming home. And they hate it. And they'll do it for forty years. Now you know, if we had a contract to live forever, maybe that wouldn't be such a silly thing to do for forty years. But we don't have a contract to live forever. We're only here for a short period of time, and we should enjoy every minute, and we can. Every day can be Saturday. Every day Saturday. Amen, I never know what day it is half the time, you know, because I the days it. don't matter. I believe it. <laughs> One day is the same as the next. I'm doing what I love to do. That's I went to see Earl Nightingale yeah. in the mid-60s. I, was, um, I, I had a sales staff, and I had everybody listening to Earl Nightingale's Stranger's Secret Record every day. And one day I said, you know, at the end of me, I said, man, I'd really love to meet him. There was a guy selling for me. His name was Bob Carson. He said, no, you wouldn't. I said, what do you mean I wouldn't? He said, if you'd like to meet him, you'd go and meet him. I thought, by golly, he's right. So anyway, I phoned. I got an appointment. I went to see him. And uh, he wasn't the easiest guy to get to see. He was the most listened to man in the history of the broadcasting industry at the time. They were at 333 North Michigan in Chicago. So anyway, I went in. I had the meeting with him. And when I was leaving... I said, Earl, what's the real secret? What's the deal? And he said, there is no secret. He said, it's just a simple matter of figuring out what you love to do and then dedicate your life to it. He said, the problem with most people is they never take the time to figure out what they love to do. Well, man, did I ever get turned on right then because I knew exactly what I loved to do. I would love to do what he was doing, and I made up my mind I was going to come back and I was going to do it with him. Yeah. And it took me about two or three years, but that's exactly what I did. And I've been doing it ever since now, and I absolutely love it. I mean, it can't yeah, get any better right. than this. You know, no, no it's a great and, business. And that, it is. It's a great business because you're adding so much value. And, you know, the more value you add, the more income you can earn as a result. And it's tremendous. Um, we, we have a question came in from Facebook, Bob. Let's see if you can sure. do your best to answer this one. It's from Neil on my Facebook page. How do you locate and release a subconscious belief that you are not aware of? When, on a conscious level, you don't feel stuck, you don't feel weighed down, or you don't feel held back, how do you locate and release that belief? You know, that that's a good question. And I was I was dealing with a lady with that question earlier today. Well, first of all, the belief surfaces. It, it expresses itself in a behavior that produces a result. So if you put an R on a sheet of paper, and then you... Uh, Say, now, how is this belief expressing itself? Because it's expressing itself in a behavior, and it's causing a result in your life that you don't particularly like. Well, what you want to do is put a negative sign on the left side of the R and a positive sign on the right side. Now, those two symbols represent the law of polarity. It's one of the laws of the universe. Well, you take out and write out in detail, as much detail as possible, the negative expression of that belief. How is it affecting you? Because either positive or negative, it's one or the other. Truth is, it's neither. It just is. But we look at it one way or another. When you've got it written out, then say, now, what would be the polar opposite to that? And write it out. Then take and burn the negative one. 
Now, burning it is merely symbolic. It's like lighting a candle. But you take the positive one and rewrite it every day over and over again. Now, you write the result in the present tense. I always start, I'm so happy and grateful now that. And you write it out. And you you keep writing it. And it's through the repetition. It seems silly. It seems juvenile. But that's how you fix an idea in your subconscious mind. You keep writing it and you see yourself that way. You've got to get emotionally involved. And you get emotionally involved. You actually see yourself living that way. That idea will ultimately become lodged in the subconscious mind. The other one dies for a lack of nourishment and the new one takes over. What you're really doing is rewiring your brain. That's powerful. That's a great answer. Boy, I'm glad, so glad you answered that. I'm so glad Neil asked that, too. Um, that's a really, really good answer to that question. Hey, Bob, can you talk a little bit else uh, as well? Um, six minutes to success. Um, when you launched this program, what was what was your goal with this? I mean, what, what did you envision? Because when you and Lanny put it together, it wasn't it wasn't there yet. I mean, what was the goal? Well, it wasn't it wasn't my vision at all. Um, first of all, Lanny Morton came to a seminar that I did mm, ten years ago. I guess it was a three day program. And, I mean, he was so broke. I never found out until after. He snuck into the seminar. Somebody that knew, that worked with us, brought him in. He didn't even pay to go to it. But it was a three-day program. And at the end of it, I said, you know, the sad part about this is there's probably only two or three of you going to go out and do what I've shown you here. And he said, if only two or three are going to do it, I'm going to be one of them. And he went out. And he turned that information into a multi-million dollar business. Now, he was really broke. He had sold two pairs of sets of golf clubs, I think, uh, for a used car that cost 200 and some dollars. But he did it on eBay. And, of course, he got awards. He became something of the year with eBay. I forgot what the name of the, the award was, but it was very big. So I didn't know Lanny. I knew him to see him. I would, If he said hello, I'd know who he was. But... I didn't really know either he or his wife Dina, but he—I uh, knew his—I knew, you know, the, his reputation, what he had done, and I was pretty impressed with that. Well, he was in a seminar that I was doing in Los Angeles, LAX Marriott, uh, about four years ago, I guess. And he uh, came. He said he had an idea he wanted to talk to me about. Now, a lot of people have ideas, and most of them, yeah, right. You know, I mean, not really that good. It. But because of the the track record I knew he had, I said, okay. So so I sat down and listened to him, and I said, I like that idea. Let's do it. It was his idea, not mine. I'm like, he really thought of it. And so the idea was that we would send uh, a video out every morning. Every morning, a person could put on a video. It would be two or three minutes with a two- or three-minute exercise. It was just six minutes in the morning. That's it. And what it would do, it would trigger the positive side of your brain, and that idea would come back to you off and on through the day. Now, if you do that every day over a period of time, it's going to have an impact on your subconscious, on your conditioning, and things are going to start to change. And so that's really uh, where it all started. And uh, we have, well, it's gone on now for... Oh, gosh, I don't know, four or five years, four years, I guess. Um, But we have thousands of people all over the world involved in six minutes. And then we offer different things from time to time, programs where we'll show people how to really make something happen. Like I believe the secret of becoming wealthy is to have multiple sources of income, not one or two, multiple sources. I became aware of that on a plane one day, and I got a hold of Mark Victor Hansen, he and Jack Canfield, myself, Lee Pullis. We started a seminar, and that's where the Chicken Soup for the Soul books came from, which was the publishing phenomenon of the 90s. They were in multi-millions off that, and they never even wrote a book. <laughs> they had somebody right. else write, you know. So, amazing? yeah, it's um, the the six minutes to success has been a tremendous success story. And when we we'll do webinars from time to time, like there's, um, they'll put a map up on the screen. And uh, every continent, with the exception of Antarctic, is involved in those in the program that we're teaching. It's all over the world. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, extremely it. powerful. Because we're literally showing people how to alter their conditioning. And if you don't alter the conditioning, nothing changes. And that's true for everybody. Myself, yourself, every one of us. 
Yes, if you want to make sure, those of you listening, not only on the recording of the podcast as well as live, uh, if you want to make sure that you are on the early bird, early bird list to take advantage of the relaunch of Six Minutes of Success, if it's your first time around, awesome. If it's your second or third time, even better. Just go to Six Minute Lesson, S-I-X, Six Minute Lesson, Dot com and watch the videos and make sure you put your name and email in there. Bob will go through the video courses that we've been referencing all throughout this recording tonight, and then you'll have an opportunity to jump on it in just a few days when it relaunches. Hey, Bob, let me just say this to you, these two words. Can you just talk about this? What does it mean when someone says, when you say, I've heard you say this before, know thyself. What's that mean to you? Oh, that's... Uh... <laughs> That was inscribed over the Ark of Apollo at Delphi over 2,000 years ago. Know thyself. All of our problems come from not knowing ourselves. We don't know who we are. That's what our real problem is. We're searching, trying to figure out who we are. We live simultaneously on three planes of understanding. We're spiritual beings. We have an intellect and we live in a physical body. And if we stop and think about it, we're God's highest form of creation. And this is the basics in the programs that we teach. We start showing this to people. Now think of this for a moment. Spirit is omnipresent. It's 100% evenly present in all places at all times. When we say Holy Spirit, holy everywhere, the whole everywhere, 100% 100% evenly present, all places at the same time. Spirit's all-knowing. All the knowledge there ever was or ever will be is 100% evenly present, all places at the same time. And all the power is evenly present in all places at the same time. Now, what does that really mean? Well, I'm holding a little Blackberry in front of me. I carry it around my hip pocket. I'll leave it on vibrate or something. So when a message comes in, I'll hear it or feel it. And uh, I can communicate. It's a communication center. I can send pictures or text or phone uh, anywhere in the world with this BlackBerry. Now, here's the point. Or an iPhone or an iPad or anything. We've always been able to make those, but we weren't aware of how to do it. The knowledge was here, though. It's a matter of tapping into it. So, you see, it's awareness that we're after. Well, we've got to become aware of who we are how our marvelous mind operates, what we're capable of doing. Like you were always capable of building the lifestyle that you're enjoying now. While you were trekking off to that office, you were capable of living the life you're living now. When I was slugging it out, I worked as a laborer, worked really hard for very little. I could have done then what I'm doing now, but I wasn't aware of it. We hear that You know, the secret is to be in the right place at the right time. Well, I think most of us are in the right place at the right time frequently. We've got to be aware that we're in the right place at the right time. So when it comes to know thyself, that should be the basic lessons that are taught in kindergarten. I had a man on the phone here, I don't know, a month ago now, I guess. One of our salespeople asked me if I talked to this fellow from, he was from Penang. Now, I know Penang. I've been there a number of times because I used to travel to Malaysia every month for about five years, and it's a part of Malaysia. It's a beautiful place. Anyway, this man's on the phone, and he was telling me what he wanted to do, and then he proceeded to explain why he couldn't do it. And so I listened to him. When I was finished, I said, do you have any children? He said, yeah, he's a little boy, just about four years old. And I knew, I knew that the child would be multilingual living in that area. So I said, how many languages do a little boy speak? Three, no, four. I said, you know, if I walk down Fifth Avenue in New York or uh, Oxford Street in London and I ask people, do you think it would be difficult to learn more than one language? They say, oh, yeah, you're never going to be able to do that. But I said, your little child at four years old, he's not four yet, could speak four languages, and you're telling me why you can't do this. See, it's normal for that little boy, that's part of his paradigm to speak four languages. But that doesn't mean he's going to live a great life because it's also part of his paradigm to grow up and figure out how he can't, why he can't do what he wants to do. Well, we've got to start to understand that we're programmed. And we've got to know that we can change that program. That's really what Six Minutes is all about because that's what I'm all about. Like I have Life Success Productions or Bob Proctor Seminars, that, and, and, and I've been doing this for years So six minutes is another vehicle. It's a great vehicle. It's one that's helping us reach millions of people. But everything I'm about is to teach people 
who they are. Know thyself. And that's really what we've got to do. We've got to start to understand who we are and then step out and live the life that we're meant to live. There's genius in every one of us. It's a matter of bringing it to the surface. That's right. In one of the in the first video that goes out when you go to six minute lesson dot com, you'll see Bob references two people, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary and his partner of the Concord Mount Everest. And he didn't know how to do it, Bob talked about. Had no idea how to do it, just knew that he was going to do it. Thousands have done it since, but nobody had done it up to that point in time and that story is amazing. The one I really latched on to, not that uh, the first one wasn't incredible, but there was a girl from Canada, Bob, you referenced, that said she didn't conquer the mountain. Uh, all she did was conquer the limitation, right? Her own limitation. Isn't that you know, I saw her interviewed on Canadian television. She was small. She's not a big woman. And um, I don't think she was over five feet tall. And they asked her, that she had come back. She had just come back from climbing Mount Everest. They asked her how she felt now that she had conquered the mountain. Oh, she said, we didn't conquer the mountain. That mountain will never be conquered. We conquered the limitations that were within ourselves. You know, when I look on the wall beside me here, I've got a picture of Mount Everest that's autographed from Edmund Hillary to myself. He, um, I had the pleasure of working with him on two or three occasions. And the only thing I could find different in him and anybody else is his size. He was a very big man. He's gone now. But he tried to climb that mountain in 51 and failed. He tried in 52 and failed. But he went back in 53 and he did it. Now, people for thousands of years had tried to climb that mountain. Nobody had ever done it. Do you know a strange thing about it? It was just 50 years ago or 60 years ago that he did it. Do you know, it's a strange thing. There's been over a 1,000 people do it since he did it. Sometimes we have to let somebody else show us that it can be done. I think it's more fun to step out and do it. If we can see it in our mind, we're capable of doing it. Now, somebody's listening to us, Sam, and, and uh, they're broke. You know, they, they may not have anything. Well, it doesn't cost them anything to look at the videos. So they go there and look at them. And, and, you know, that person, they can start dreaming. They can start dreaming of how they would like to live, of what they want to accomplish. And the fact that they can see it in their mind is all they have to understand to know that they can do it. We teach people how to take it from just a fantasy to a fact, because that's where everything starts. The house we're living in, that you're living in, the building you're in, it was nothing but a fantasy at one time. The fact that I'm on the phone here and you're picking me up and it's all over the world, it, it was nothing but a fantasy that somebody could do that. And now it's right. commonplace. Well, that's how we change our life. We start out with a fantasy, turn it into a theory, and then turn the theory into a fact. It's a goal-seeking process that we've got going on in our head, you know. I, I, and that is, it keeps going back to the believing is really seeing, you know, seeing, oh, believing that you will actually get that done. And, you know, I, to bring this full circle, we're almost at the end of the call. And, Bob, you've been really gracious with your time, so I don't want to hold you up too much Listen, longer. Listen, my pleasure. This is what I do. <laughs> I know so Share many people the are benefiting. Yeah, and there's so many people are benefiting. And, you know, when I was driving around listening to you in 2005, I said, man, at some point in time, I'm going to meet that guy. And now I have people saying that about me where it's just amazing. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but when you step out, it's amazing when you look back at your life three, four, five, six years later at the person that you had to become to realize the success you have. And people say, wow, Sam, it must be nice. It must be nice. I think it must be nice what? It must be nice to step out, to go broke, to, to, to have people talk about you and you know behind your back and all this stuff and lose a lot of the relationship. It is nice now, but the person you have to become – Along the way, Bob, isn't that really? I mean, isn't it amazing? Back when you were making four grand a year, you were you cost you six a year to live. You're only making four. The person that you had to become to make a hundred and then make a million is just amazing, isn't it? It is wild. Well, it is amazing. And at the time, of course, if anybody had told me that I was going to do what I've done, I'd have thought they were right out of their mind. Uh, it doesn't happen like that. It, you know, it's um, he, who was it? Throw said. If a person will advance confidently in the direction of their dream and endeavor, you just have to try, give it your best shot, to live the life you've imagined, you will meet with success unexpected in common hours. Frequently, I reach goals, you would reach goals, and you're not even aware that you've done it until after the fact. You think, damn, we did that. That's, that's what we were doing. You get so caught up in what you're doing, you know, that you don't notice the transformation that's taking place in your own life. And 
that's really what life's about. It's about awareness, about developing awareness. And so the um, where did you say the site was? Six minute lessons? Is that yeah, it's six minute SIX six minute lesson dot com. They can plug into the first of the video series and go all the way through them. Well, yeah. everybody that hears my voice or your voice, they should get into them and and watch them, and really think, really think about how you'd really like to live. Because it's just like Sam, you're saying you went broke, but you didn't lose the ability to dream. Hell, I've been right. I was broke for most of my life, but I could always dream. You know, Nat King Cole has a beautiful song. Everybody should look it up. It's called Pretend. Pretend you're happy when you're blue. It isn't very hard to do. You'll find happiness without an end whenever you pretend. And that's where that's where life begins. In pretending, you watch little kids do it, but somewhere along the line as we grow up, we stop pretending. And you pretend Everything starts out as a fantasy. Everything. The rocket. When when Von Braun was asked by Kennedy what it would take to build a rocket to go to the moon, he said the will to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's all we need. We don't need the money. We don't need the energy. We don't need the people. We don't need the help. All we need is the desire and the will to do it. And everything else will come to us. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I'm, I'm going to be, um, I've spoken, I think, in over the past six months, maybe 10 or 12 different places around the world, uh, from Australia, Europe, the U.S., all about podcasting. And I think back, because when I didn't have any money, all I had was my voice. I wasn't very good at that either, being an ex-stutter. But I wanted to just get, they, when you talk about pretending, I always pretended I was on the radio, pretended I was speaking in front of people, even though I couldn't really speak that well. So I started podcasting in 2005 when it really wasn't that well-known. And now fast forward with, like I mentioned, we have millions of downloads every year, 100,000-plus subscribers on this crazy little you know, online radio show that we do that's heard all around the world, and it costs me nothing. And now I train people, and I tell them just what you said. I didn't reference the Nat King Cole song, which is great. I'll be downloading that. But about pretending, when you were a kid, you had no limitations. And I used to pretend that I wasn't broke, and I used to pretend that people did listen to my inspiration, my motivation, my empowerment to help them really do things, even if it was just a little bit better than what they did today. And look at what happened in just a sh- – and I consider six years a short period of time. Look what happened in just six years. And in this microwave society, Bob, people want that success yesterday. But I'll tell you what, if you can just get – and you woke up on the right side of the ground today, that's a big deal. You know, my, a lot of people didn't get that opportunity to do it. Eighty percent of the world has never made a cell phone call because they're that broke. So count your blessings and understand that you don't – like Bob's program, the one I listen to and used to, it's not about the money. It's not. It's about – well, Bob just referenced envisioning what you are going to do and do stuff that's free. It doesn't cost anything to smile, to empower, to encourage somebody. It doesn't cost anything to do a lot of the things. You don't need a fancy website. You just need to understand, man, that you can pretend, you can dream, you can do a little bit more than you did yesterday. And and Bob, uh, is there anything else as you take us home tonight? Is there any other words you'd like to leave? Uh, again, you've been very gracious with your time. We love it. We love you inside the Everyday Saturday community. Any parting words you want to leave us with tonight before we? Uh, well, you know, you, you do have in the in the industry. They say you got great pipes, Sam. You got a good voice for doing what you're doing. <laughs> I um, I want to leave everybody with a quote and a poem, and I really want you to think about yourself. In self-reliance, Emerson said there would come a time in every person's education or their unfoldment when they'd realize that envy is ignorance and imitation is suicide. To look at what somebody else has done and envy them is to say, I don't know that I've got the same potential they've got. I've got the same mental faculties. I'm obviously not using them, and they are, so I'll envy them. He says envy is ignorance. Everybody's got the same power locked up within them. And everybody has a choice to live the way they want to live. And he said, imitation suicide. Like, there's no way I can be like Sam. There's no way Sam can be like Bob. We can uh, emulate each other or someone, but you can't be like anyone. You're unique. There's nothing in this entire universe exactly like you. And I wrote a poem. In fact, you can go to bobproctor.com and download the Born Rich book. I'm sure you can there somewhere. And in that book, I put a poem. I think I put it in twice. It's called The One and Only You. 
says every single blade of grass and every flake of snow is just a wee bit different. There's no two alike, you know. From something small like grains of sand to each gigantic star, each one was made with this in mind to be just what they are. How foolish then to imitate. How useless to pretend when each one of us comes from a mind whose ideas never end. There'll only be just one of me to show what I can do. And likewise, you should be really proud that there's only one of you. Because that's where it all starts with you, a wonderful, unlimited human being. I just think they're so powerful, Bob, and I, I think you're a very, I think you're a blessed man to have the wisdom that you had. I congratulate you for having the courage you have back, way back in the day, to go after your dream. And uh, my next step is to hunt you down for a cup of coffee in Toronto from Buffalo. So if you see some crazy, yeah, you're guy, not far away. We're neighbors. No, if you see some oh, crazy we'll guy going down. Yeah, going up to QEW, uh, listening to the It's Not About the Money CD one more time for good old time's sake. That'll well, listen, you fun. got my number. Call me anytime. You I'll be it. glad to come on here with you. Hey, Bob, thanks so much. On behalf of everybody at EverydayIsSaturday.com, really, you're you're just a master of personal development. We just want to give a big warm hug to you, and, and thank you once again. And congratulations to you and to Lanny for all the success of Six Minutes, and we look forward to participating in your launch and the product and really – devouring the product. Thanks again, Bob. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Sam. And that's a wrap. Another Everyday Saturday podcast in the books. Thanks so much for listening. Would you do your boy a favor? Would you get on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Everyday Saturday podcast and leave a rating for the show? It helps amazing people like you find the show faster. And that's what I'm looking for, amazing people like you. Hey, I'm always hanging out on the interwebs. You can check me out on Instagram, at Every Day is Saturday. Let me know you're listening to the show. Love, 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 love hearing from fans of the Everyday Saturday podcast. And one last thing, when you're ready to launch, get on my calendar, go to launchwithsam.com. You and I are going to work together to set rocket fuel to your dream. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'll see you on the next Every Day is Saturday podcast.